Now, the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is July 17th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, just getting ready, getting primed for this Open Championship. My favorite major of the year. Been, is uh, it? Yeah. Why is it your favorite? Let's it's take just, that off the top. It's just the best one. It's, a, it's got the most interest. You know, it, it requires the most, the widest array of skills. It's... It's got the most, you know, for the most, you know, it's among the, you know, regularly the most compelling golf courses, conditions. Um, it's a equitable test where, you know, everybody has a shot. It's not, you know, it doesn't cater to one specific player and it really rewards creativity. And how could you not like that? I'll go, I'll go with the much less technical answer. It's my favorite just because it is so... It's so unique. I mean, that's part and parcel with what you're talking about a little bit. It is so unique. I feel like I have with this major, like so many more like personal, uh, like touchstones. Like I remember where I was or what I was doing or like, you know, where I was sitting with a Bloody Mary on like a Saturday at like 7 a.m. with the party, whether it was, you know, 2005 or 2009 or 2013, like just kind of remember more about, I, I don't know why I have just crystal clear memories of this one. I just think it's so unique. The whole, like it's dead in the middle of summer in July and it's one week a year and you can do the overnight thing. And I think it's really fun because you know, you, you can make it happen for like two or three days. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. Golf is also awesome when you can watch it in the morning and then yeah. it, it, like tournament golf and major golf always inspires. Like you can watch it and then go play or go hit right. a bucket of balls because like you're inspired by what you just saw and that, and that's really cool um i i remember as a kid just i'd wake up early um on on thursday and friday and, and i'd try and watch as much of it as i possibly could before school and i mean right. it's just like sure. the uh summer the, school were you in summer school doing makeup classes yeah well like camp or whatever it is <laughs> know, you know not, not school but you know <laughs> The uh, like my my daily activities. Yes, uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. And uh, the uh, it's just a it's a cool cool tournament, and it's uh, it, it the 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 variety of golf courses and and things it presents are uh, aspect. It, it's just awesome to watch. I think it's also like it, it's most consistently delivers now. I I don't know. Like, sure, there have been some underwhelming ones i would say you know between a, a todd hamilton or things like ben curtis things I mean, like that, that. Was decades ago i know that but that's what i'm saying it is like uh, more than i think any major it's delivering pretty cons consistently probably since i guess you could say maybe like 2011 darren clark's win was like the last kind of eh but even that one's pretty quality quality champion with like a lot of resonance with the open so it's just been on it you have like the Phil, Rory, just all these world-class players uh, winning it. It's just been on, on a tear. Or, or if it's not a world-class player, it's like a, a playoff like at St. Andrews with Spieth going for the slam, things like that. It's just been on a heater this whole decade. The I just recently uh, was down a Frank Thomas rabbit hole, and I'm not talking about the former White Sox, <laughs> uh, you know, D.H., <laughs> I saw that uh, mailbag question. Was that mailbag? Was that where yeah. you heard about that? Yeah. Um, but I, I omitted an article, but it was talking. I omitted one of the articles I found where this bumbling idiot was talking about how, you know, the driver and the ball don't need to be regulated. Like how it would be, you know, it, it'd be stupid to regulate something for the 1% uh, 
you know? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, sure. And he, it was talking about how Carnoustie in 99, like, how they doctored up the course with thick rough and narrow fairways. Like, it's it was interesting to read because it sounds just like what the USGA did to Marion, um, except, like, nobody, nobody remembers the, the RNA doing that to Carnoustie for some reason. And, right. and sure enough, like, really fl- fluky winner. Like, we had right. the Vandevelt thing, and we had uh, Paul Lowry win. Like, Paul, La- Paul La- Lowry, I'm sorry. Lowry. He had a, Paul good, Lowry. Lowry, he had a good uh, career, not yeah. probably deserving of a major championship. Whew. Heat. Heat. But, like, the, like, you can you can almost look back on all the fluky winners, and there right. was something going on with golf course setup. Something goofy. That's interesting. All right. We'll do the schedule of the week. And then I want to get into a little bit of this U.S. Amateur story. Um, schedule of the week, the Open Championship. It is all day. I think they have 50 hours, 49 and a half hours of, of coverage of the actual tournament, of the actual championship, starting at 1.30 a.m. on Thursday and Friday, running through, I mean, more or less till it's over. Like four o'clock PM Eastern. These are all Eastern times. And then, you know, Saturday and Sunday taking it from I think it's four to like two thirty, three, both days. So almost fifty hours of coverage. Um Golf Channel like does this right. I mean, this is what you want for a major. We only get four of these a year. Uh I think like if you're the broadcast partner, you should bring all the resources you have to bear. And obviously like of course I've I've been on Morning Drive like I'm I wouldn't say that but I don't think it's I, I don't say shit I don't like actually think or feel. Um doesn't like, everybody bring it though except for TNT? Like there's obviously like let's get rid of the ske- the the skeleton in the closet. TNT has yeah, sucked. But that's, you know the Masters yes. have the best app and the best viewing experience uh, fan experience from a digital standpoint. They bring right, it. Right. Like, no, the I, U.S. I would... Open brings it. The Open brings it. Like in this day and age, they do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, what I'd say is like everyone has elevated their game to almost to cover, and we're we're getting TNT the hell out of here this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just obviously all I'd say is that it makes sense that the network with golf in its name would cover a major from start to finish. So uh, that's that's the Open schedule. Uh, we have the Barbasol. Barbasol Classic, running opposite field. It's always like a little, always a little nice little Sunday wind down. You're just like OD'd on golf, and there's just I don't know, a little more golf on, but you kind of don't have to pay attention. You can just have it on in the background. It's a little Sunday tradition of mine. A little Barbasol. We got to watch Grayson Murray duke it out for a title a couple years ago. That was the old event. That was all down in uh, Auburn, right? Yeah. Um, that was this, it was uh. I you know the Barbie it's something to look for. We've got back to back opposite field events, rare occurrence. Oh. Next week we got Reno Tahoe too. Good the point. question is going to be the big thing to watch: which field is worse? You know, <laughs> which one are we dipping further into the the alternates list for? These guys are just bailing on this whole thing. I mean, we are so far down the alternates list already. Brendan DeYoung, Jason Bone, Charlie Wee, Jonathan K. Mr. Stack and Tilt, Charlie Wee is <laughs> in action. Omar Uresti, Will McKenzie, Eric Axley. There, there's just these are the alternates already in. Uh, Ken Duke got in and then WD'd. I wonder what's going on with the Duke. Might not be. And then I saw tournament favorite Russell Henley WD'd today. On, on on Tuesday, so it's just like why Yang's in the field. I know he was in on his. He didn't even have to alternate. Uh, uh, shout out to Barry Henson Monday qualifying. So we'll be monitoring Barry uh, significantly down at a uh, Keen Trace in Lexington. I, it's just we don't need to go through the whole names. Maybe, maybe we'll check in on if, this on Friday. If Barry wins, Grover Justice is a guy I always want to keep an eye on. Grover Justice. It's like if, this PGA. He's like the most Kentucky-ass name ever. If Barry wins, I'm going to pull back my take about, uh, you know, opposite fields getting two-year exemptions. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Rescind the take. 
I can get with that. Barry, only, Barry only was Barry like, went well. There is a shotgun start original. I mean, we we have a fair amount of new listeners, but Barry was maybe the best guest we've ever had way back when we were just in our infancy. What was that? Like last November, October? Incredible guest from Thailand. Mid-October. So, it was a mid-October okay. pod. Okay. So we'll be watching him. He's, he's, he's original. We have no impartiality when it comes to Barry Henson. Uh, elsewhere on the schedule, LPGA, the uh, Dow, Great Lakes. Is it Great Lakes Classic, I want to say? Um, Two-person, two two-women teams. Kind of a cool event at Midland, Midland Country Club up in uh, Michigan. So Team event. Yep. Walk up music and all. Do they? Are yeah. they really doing that? Uh-huh. Oh, man. We'll have to check in on some of those names. You should, Do you have enough working LPGA knowledge to do walk up music? I, I, and could, I could take a stab. I could, I, could, <laughs> I could get a little something going. Do you that's think you of, could get any of them right? No. <laughs> that's a good. That's a better point. Uh, I mean the obvious, uh, obviously, obvious one is uh, is three six mafia, you know. Oh, for John uh, uh, John Lee six, yeah, U.S. Women's Open winner six, six, three six mafia, yeah. So. All right, there you go. Uh, but that's a cool event, a cool twist. They get they get a little bit of their own uh, TV time during the major championship week, which is good. Um, and then web tour. The Pinnacle Bank Championship presented by Chevrolet out at the club at Indian Creek in Omaha. I don't I don't who's the sponsor here? Why do they need two? Pinnacle Bank Championship presented by Chevrolet. I don't, I don't get it. They wanted to pay the bills, you know. I bet it's like a local Chevy. <laughs> it's probably yeah. It's probably like Tom Osborne Chevrolet in Omaha. You look at all these names, all these guys that should be playing in the Barbasol that are playing in uh, in Omaha this week, and it's just it saddens me. <laughs> yeah. Locked up, locked up your tour card, you know, and instead of getting to play for, uh, you know, a, a substantial purse, they're p- playing for five or six hundred thousand dollars. With the win- uh... less than the, what the winner's going to make at the Barbasol, you know, yep. with a field full of. Full of uh, you know washed up hasbens. What's some you want some sponsors exemptions for Barbasol? Steve Flesh, who like you know can be pretty good on the Champions Tour, but doesn't really want to play PGA Tour golf anymore. Uh, some guy named Marcus Montenegro, Mar- Marcos Montenegro, Cooper I Musselman, I saw Cooper. Jay McLuhan. I had him written Jay- down too. <laughs> Wonder who these Just, guys were. Cullen Brown and Callum Bruce. Pretty Case much Cochran. every guy that I didn't recognize is a sponsor's exception. Somebody from Kentucky, or I, I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's just always a dodgy field. I actually think it's significantly improved from last year. If you're at, if you, last year it was it was it was like a crossover event, a mixed event. It was a Champions Tour and like PGA Tour. What are, what are we doing talking about this right now? Let's get to the major. We just talked about how this is our favorite major of all time, of all of all of them, and we're talking about you know sponsors exemptions into the Barbasol. Well, we'd be deviating from our mission if we didn't discuss the Barbasol uh, more than it needs to be. Um, all right, what do you want to get to first on uh, the Open Championship? Let's talk about Brooksy. Okay, let's talk about Brooksy. What about him? He's just—we're going to give him his due. We're going to lead with the guy that's the best player in the world. The—he's uh, not, not even the... in a featured group. Yeah, uh, do you want how, featured groups real how, quick? How is that possible? Well, I just—I don't think it matters. Like, if the coverage starts at, from the very first tee ball, like I'm okay with it. But yes, I—I I, yeah, he should it, be it, a featured group. He finished. First and has two runner ups and majors and has won four majors in the last like what nine nine major championships. Yeah. So the what, featured, what are we doing? <laughs> featured groups for Thursday morning are Fowler, Kisner, Matsuyama. And then Sky. Sky is like doing this goofy fan vote type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Phil Mick, this, I don't understand this this ballot at all. 
Phil Mickelson, Shane Lowry, and Brandon Grace. Uh, Francesco Molinari, defending champ. Bryson DeChambeau, Adam Scott. And then they have Bern Wiesberger, Russell Knox, and Houghton Lee. Feel the burn. He's... But they're up against like Mickelson, DeChambeau, Scott, like, and the defending champ. Like, I don't burn? understand. He's the defend. He won the last week. Maybe that's maybe why. maybe like they'll get a couple billion people from China voting for Houghton. I don't know. I feel like the Chinese audience probably watches more European tour because how Tong's playing on there. Sure, sure. So those are your featured groups. No Brooksy. What, what do you want to talk about with Brooksy? He's he's not even the betting favorite last I saw. It was uh, it's, uh, Rory, Rory at 8-1. to one. But uh, I just, Go ahead. Can we talk about his, his press conference? Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's appointment viewing now. Yeah, yeah it sure is. And uh, so, you know, one reporter said, you know, asked the last couple of majors, you said that probably a limited number of players who can win and you feel you've got to beat. I wonder if that number is higher or lower here. And if you could explain why it would be one way or the other. You want to know what Brooks' response was? Uh, What do you say? Like it's the same or something like that? It's the same number every time. Then he asked, the guy had a follow-up about like the weather or the draw. Like if that changes anything, dying for him to change the number. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you could get some weird things from the, we- from the weather, which takes players out of it. But at the start of the tournament, it's always the same number. <laughs> Just not taking the bait. But I think it's true, though. It it's, seems like a good mentality to have. Think about think about majors. Yeah, it's always the same guys in the top fifteen. Hmm. Like I meant, like I said, we are on this run where, like, I think I saw Justin Ray or somebody tweet like the last OW last OW last major winner outside the OWGR top fifty is like Keegan Bradley twenty twenty eleven, and I think we're like six or seven in a row from the top twenty five. So, yeah, I mean, like, Brooksy, that kind of illustrates Brooksy's point. These top 25 players are always in the leaderboard. Well, and and here's the thing. So there's like there's like one spot for a random guy in the top five and one in, and one more in the top 10. So, like, at the U.S. Open, we had our boy Chez. He was, like, the random. And then in the top 10, it was, like, Chess and Hadley. Otherwise, it's from this group of 20. Like, listen to the names. Woodland, he's he had a bunch of top tens and majors heading into that one, like right. PGA and the PGA last year, right? So sure. he be, he had become one of those guys. We have Brooks, Xander, John Rahm, Chez, and then it's Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Louis Eustazen, Henrik Stenson, Chess, and Hadley. Like all those guys are guys that like you see in a, on a major leaderboard, and you're like, oh, that makes sense, except for right. two. Right. And that's the, that's the way they are. Like, and that's what Brooks is saying. Yeah, there's 20 guys. Yep. I mean, it's... Why do you think... Do you feel like we've entered an era where that feels like it's it's more... I don't know, more consistent where we're seeing the top? Or is that not necessarily the case? I mean, I guess like in the in prior era, Jack Nicholas was basically like an auto top three to five. I think what um, it... I, I think there's more guys... But yeah. it's, it's it's like what Brooks says. Like twenty, there's twenty guys, and half of them will play well, and that's your top ten. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get a couple. And you get guys a couple who guys just have a great week. Yeah, play out of their mind. Right. And, but then Brooks went on. You know, there there's another question <laughs> about about like his performance in regular tour events, <laughs> and he said this was the real this was the real carrot. I love that everybody just—it's just like the elephant in the room. Every every week, Brooks shows up. They talk about the discrepancy between majors and PGA Tour events. Some some could say you you started this hysteria, but obviously he 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 uh, he had to keep delivering with these T fifty fives. Oh, it's been incredible. <laughs> second, first, second. It's almost <laughs> gotten more skewed. I know. I know. So what's his quote about his 
what what was it? Majors versus regular events. Regular tournaments, I don't practice. <laughs> when you see me on TV, that's when I play golf. <laughs> At a regular tournament. No, like when you see him on TV in contention, that's yeah. when he plays golf. Right. Right. No, yeah. When you see that's the only time he's playing regular tournament. Yeah. 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 Like you're not you're not he's not out there on Tuesday morning, you know, getting the lay of TPC Twin Cities. Really. Although I think he did play practice rounds. He just not I don't know, checked out, I guess. I this quote blew up. I thought it was like a little misinterpreted, a little overdone. Maybe I'm usually the one that wants to take and run with these and you know, light off fireworks with it, but I, I don't know that it was as loaded. I saw a lot of people saying, "Like God, he's so he, like he's so cocky." It turns him turns people off. Yeah, I so I I have like a different theory, right? What's that? So like, I think he's approaching golf a little bit differently than everybody, right? So we've had Clearly. these guys have these. You know, nobody's really outside of Tiger and Jack. Nobody's put together a long run, right? Yep. Long run of of sustained dominance. Yep. And like they'll go on these tears where they win, you know, a ton. Like Jason Day won ten times or eight times in two years. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like you could tell, just like burned out. Yeah. Yep. Is yep. Brooks just smart in the sense he's not wasting any energy on on stuff that doesn't matter? Yeah, yeah. I I had someone propose to me. I think, um, it was kind of a it was a, it was a nice contrarian alternate take that like Brooks is like actually more of the player we see in the PGA Tour events, and just these majors are a total outlier. And then he's going to regress in the majors, and his tour events will come up, and he's just going to be like finishing like like T twenty five at everything. That's a terrible take. You can't fake <laughs> majors. <laughs> Like if you're yeah. a bad golfer, majors are going to expose you. I know. Somebody just said we're we're now like we are we are applying this theory that he he we are applying this after the fact. That just looking at the results and just when it's just really kind of a couple like a, a, a eighteen month stretch of like quirky outliers. But I don't know. That he just keeps building the evidence that Yes, and, and he's also articulating it now. You know, he's articulated it all year. He's like, this is practice for me. The Nelson's a warm-up. Canada, result doesn't matter. Uh, now he's saying, I, I think John Huggin was trying to bust his chops a little bit today about, well, like, you don't play before the Masters. and Like, do you need to play before a major or do you not? Because you didn't play before the Open, you don't play before the Masters. I think Brooksy got caught a little, like, on his on his heels about that and recovered. He's like, well, well, I need to like for the open, I need to get over to Europe and warm up and, and do stuff. And I think it was all hugging, just trying to make a point that he should have played the Scottish Open, more or less. If you're the tour, you just can't be. Well, yeah. What do you think Monahan feels like about this? I mean, you got to be a little skittish, right? Like, what if you're Jay Monahan? You got to go talk to the title sponsor at wherever Travelers. Twin Cities, all these places, AT&T, Byron Nelson, all these like primo sponsors of the tour. And, you know, like, why is the number one player in the world and like the guy who is currently, you know, whatever, the biggest non-Tiger star maybe, why does he not give a shit about our tournaments? Why does he like clearly not trying his all out best at our tournaments? Like, yeah, if you're Monaghan, I think you're probably a little skittish about it. And and he keeps pouring kerosene on it. Like he's being very public. Like I said, he's not hiding the fact. So it's yeah, it's the it's just I I I get it. But like I think Rose had an had a quote. Can I can I share Rose's quote? Can I play that for you while we're talking about yeah, PGA Tour getting skittish? This is kind of crazy. Definitely trial and error for uh, figuring out what, what's going to work. Uh, you know, for one major a month really, I think, is too. In my opinion is they're, they're too soon. They're, it's, uh, it's too Why? it's too condensed. Um, just uh, 
as a professional in terms of trying to peak for something, the process that's involved in trying to do that, it can be detailed and it can be longer than a month. So that's my reasoning for that. But I also think, you know, it's pretty much driven by FedEx Cup wanting to finish on a certain date, everything else having to fit in where it can. And, uh, you know, for me, the major championship should be the, you know, the things that are protected the most. Um, you know, that's how all of our careers ultimately are going to be measured. You know, 30, 40 years ago, there wasn't a FedEx Cup. So, you know, you, you, if you're trying to compare one career to another career, Jack versus Tiger, you know, it's the majors that are, that are what we're going to, they're the benchmarks. So for them to be tweaked so much, I think it's quite interesting at this point. Heat. Oh, by the well, way. He's current, the reigning FedEx yes, Cup champion. FedEx Cup champion. Will Gray had a great tweet of like, you know, first surfaces quote before the transcripts were out and it was on TV. And like I capped his tweet with like, hope the $10 million check cleared already from last year. Uh, from the net, whatever, the pre-net yeah. championship. He's era. the last, he's the last <laughs> gross winner of the FedEx Cup. It's pretty unbelievable. Uh, I, so do you think he's been... A little melodramatic, or you? Think, no, I think you. I think you're no, positive. not at all. Like, what do so, what do you, what do you judge LeBron on? Compare it to Jordan, right? M- uh, titles. I don't know. Titles. What are you, you're MVP. trying to get me to? No, no. I'm just saying titles. I don't know. MVPs. You know. I, like I think it's can, hard to compare. Compare it, the well, but the only way to do it is is through like career achievements, sure. right? Sure. Yeah. And there's nobody is going to compare Jack and and Justin Rose or, you know, not Jack, but let's just say, I don't know. Johnny Miller and Justin Rose and bring up Justin Rose's FedEx Cup win. Right. Or how many times he won the Zurich. Like all that. I think if you're truly if you're a great player which Justin Rose is a generational player. Yep. All that matters at this point in his career is majors. Right. And anybody that, that cares about PGA Tour wins is not a great player. Mm. Because those are the, they're the ones that care about major wins more than anything, right? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, there's, there are clearly guys that are like, Paul Azinger would say are like legacy players. They're literally like they know they have mu- enough money to die ten times to live and die ten times over. But like all they give shit about is you know that like Wikipedia chart, you know the grid of like your majors. Like that's what they're playing for. They're playing for that grid to look lit up with green and yellows, you know, colors. That's what they're playing for. They don't. They don't. They're not worried about you know. I, I got a. I got an AT and I got a. a uh, you know, whatever, a BMW championship win. You know, maybe they would have in the past when it was the Western Open. But, like, I think a lot of it, yeah, I think we understand saying you won, like, four or five WGCs, like, I just don't know what weight that carries um, if you don't also have the majors to go with it. And that's what we always talk about with DJ. Here's, here's a question. Would you rather, what's more important to you winning a tour event or finishing top five in a major to me personally like I mean, what what do you think if you're like what do you think is more important is that an equal trade uh i think it's pretty close i think it's pretty close too yeah i think that's pretty close i think i think it i think it depends yeah i think that's yeah, I think the obviously the guy down, you know, fighting on the FedEx Cup line or the 125 wants a win. I would think everybody that's you know that a continued top player. Yeah, but I think if you're a continued top player, I think it's a pretty like fair trade. I I don't know. Like if you go down the top ten in the world. Yeah. Okay, so like Brooks, Dustin, Rory, Justin Rose. We got Tiger. Okay, so the top five, top five players in the world. I would say, you know, Tiger's an outlier because of the injuries. But if they don't win a major to a certain extent, 
the year is a little disappointing. Yeah. So, and then you've got other guys, like, I think, like, Justin Thomas is at this level, you know. I think so, too. Is John Rahm? I think so, too. I think think you can be under 25, and you are at a certain level where, like, if you go 0 for 4 in the majors, like, your year is not totally fulfilled. Yeah. What about Molinari? Uh, He's on the fringe for me. Yeah. I mean, he feels like a guy that just, at this stage of his career, I, I think it is about majors. Like, I'm not sure winning a quick and loans national is that it doesn't do anything for his yeah. legacy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so this is the, this is the point is like, you know, like this is all that matters, you know? And like Rose illuminates it with, with what he yeah, said. But let's get back to this though. Like, all right. So I get, I get his point that like, it is indisputably like this was all shuffled around to protect the FedEx cup and that's out of whack. And that's what we're talking about here. Like, Protect the freaking majors, right? That's what all we care about. That's how careers are measured. Like the schedule change was done for the FedEx Cup, and that's a little out of whack. But like, there were five big events in five months before, and there are five big events in five months now. You can't respond to that. You can't lump the players in (laughs) as a big event. So, like, I think the I think the difference is like there are four big events, right? Yeah, and there there are four events that require more preparation than any other tournament. You know, like the open championship is a completely different style of golf than anything else. The masters is different. Like the U S open is, is a different style of golf than everything else. So like you have longer prep runtime between the masters and the U S open to get ready for championship season. You know, now we don't, we don't have that. It's like you've take you've cut twenty. If I give you an offer for a, a shirt that's twenty percent off, you're going to be like, "Wow, that's a great deal." That price really went down. Like that's essentially what happened to the time to get ready for the majors for these guys. Yeah, I would say, I would say the players is, and I don't mean this just to like bag on it, talk shit, but like the players is probably much clo- it's much closer to a WGC for these guys than it is a major. I think it's it's a big event that they know they're going to play that's absolutely on the schedule. But like if they go into it without like their A game or playing Quail Hollow the week before when they might not play but like they're all right with it. It's just a thing they know they're playing and it's important, but but it's not like like something you totally build your schedule around. Yeah, Does that make sense? And it's important to note it's the same style of golf that they play week in week out. The setup isn't any different than the setup at Bay Hill, like yeah. in terms of the way the golf course, it's not more difficult. It's not yeah. firmer greens. It's not like it's the same setup. If any, it, it might even be slower and softer. And the other aspect of it is that it's you know it's at the same golf course every year. So for the top ten players in the world, top ten guys in the game, maybe not top ten players in the world, the top the ten biggest names in the game, they've been going there for years. So like it's not like they have to it's it's just it's it's not it's a di- it's the same style of golf and it's at the same golf course year in year out. I just I mean I don't know why he's saying this right now though. Like I, look I'm with you like I love freaking out that the FedEx Cup somehow had the influence to change major the major schedule but like this is the same cadence the U.S. Open and the British Open did not change these have been on the same it's the same cadence really since. I don't know. I guess like yeah, May twentieth. It's, it's a completely different cadence. But I mean, That's it also sounds missing. like it, it also. So what everybody's missing is that they had four. If they they cut a month, they cut twenty percent of the schedule off the major season. Yeah, it's not the same. It's uh, not the same at all. It's it's twenty percent shorter. It'd be it like if s- you if you took the NBA season and you took the you know the playoffs. It'd be better if you took the playoffs for the NBA and you removed all the off nights or half the off nights <laughs> and condensed it down. Everybody would be bitching and moaning. You're compromising yeah, the course. integrity of these championships. What if you took tennis and, and made their season shorter around the majors? People yeah. would complain. 
Yeah, if you had like the U.S. Open next, you know, mid-August as opposed to very end of August into September. Like, it, it, um, and this was all dictated around a net championship. <laughs> Some of this, though, is I feel like also the complaints of a guy who is number one in the world, FedEx, like top of the game, having a shitty major season, though, too, at the end. He was in the hunt at U.S. Open, but said, like, my game was rubbish. My game was garbage. And that may still be the case now, only three weeks later. Here's, but... Let's look at the other side of the coin. Like, has there been a more consistent major performer in the world than Justin Rose in the last decade? Decade? Mm. Say, say seven years. Yeah, I mean, Kepka's now obviously coming into the picture, but yeah, I mean, Rose, Rose was like an auto bet to be like a top ten at the Masters, often at the U.S. Open, PGA. He's done some things. Like, yes, yes, he's he's certainly among the. Two or three guys. Okay, so like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, wouldn't it be conceivable to think that he prepares for majors better than everybody else, and he would have a valid, valid like? I don't think Justin Rose is out there searching for for, you know, excuses to be aggrieved in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, that's just my my take on the situation. Like. He, he whined about the pin placements at Hazeltine. Now he's whining about the majors. Of all the guys to complain, like this has been the most consistent, you know, major championship performer we've had in the last, say, six years. And he's complaining and and coincides with him having his worst major season in a long time. Yeah, coming off like arguably his best, most consistent year end to end, you know. Number one in the world. Only time he's ever become number one in the world. Um it's, it was a good, it was a good, I, I appreciated it. I loved it. I loved him. It was clear he was kind of dancing around it and he pressed on it and pressed, he got pressed. And I don't know who was asking the question, but I he just let it rip. It's like, I'm the reigning FedEx Cup champion. It's ludicrous. It's also a guy that's from England and probably doesn't understand the, I don't know, SEC football and NFL football games in September. But I mean, that's but not that, a reason. Here's here's my take. Though. I don't think it's going to make any difference with the ratings of the FedEx Cup. Like <laughs> you this can't is wait. the this is the reality of the situation. Like you can't wait. Like the, the, those ratings are going to go ratings. down because they aren't going to get Tiger. Like that's the crazy thing about this is like no matter what, those ratings are going to go down for the for the FedEx Cup finale because they aren't getting Tiger. You know, coming back and winning for the first time. Like. That's the crazy thing. Well, yeah, that's going to be an outlier. Whatever happened. Last, the Sunday of the 2018 Tour Championship is an outlier. Like, yes, it's going to go down from that. Well, is but, it, you know, like, and this is the way they're going to write it off to Tiger. But then when Tiger's gone and the ratings are shit, you know. <laughs> All right. Let's get, uh, let's get back on the open. I thought, I mean, this, I thought it was like the big takeaway. That and Brooksy quote on, on Tuesday were like the big thing. Anything from Tiger pique your interest other than just saying, like, you guys are crazy for saying I'm not, you know, prepping the wrong way. Like, I need to just not play that much. Everything that the Masters took a ton out of me just even playing it, then let alone winning it. So, yeah. And he talked about how if he played a lot, he wouldn't be out here for very long. Yeah. Yeah. The one other thing he's like, I'm not ready. Yeah. You know, it's like, but played 18 on. Sunday, 18 on Monday, just like seven or eight on Tuesday. Uh, did his whole spiel on Lynx Golf, which is always just great to listen to him. He's obviously got a great analytical mind when it comes to golf and strategic mind when it comes to golf. And he just, I don't know. It's just great to hear him talk about using the ground and change, having to hit, you know, right to left, left to right, high and low. And, you know, uh, it, he's always just like when you get him actually talking about golf and get him away from like the the stuff where he's just trying to pass time to get out of the press conference or out of the interview or whatever. It's like the best tiger you have when you just really get him talking golf. It, it, he rarely gets roped into that. So. He's uh, he's a beautiful he's Russell Crowe of golf, a beautiful <laughs> mind. And that in uh, that Frank Thomas article. Tiger yeah. was the most outspoken guy on tour about the driver. Interesting. While he was, yeah, you know, overpowering. Like While he had the greatest advantage. Yeah, right? it was like the early two thousands. Interesting. The, what did he say? Just like I, I don't know. It was just this, this 
thing, this written thing by Frank Thomas in the New York Times uh, that make you want to vomit in your mouth. <laughs> uh, should we do some tea times? Any other stuff? All right. Let's pick out your favorite open tea times again. This is uh, another quirk of the open. Like, golf as it should be. Everyone off number one. Rolling. All day. Like, 14 hours almost of... Uh, Over... 14? No, like, nine, 11 hours of tea times, I want to say. Overarching um, just thought. I love yeah. how they they don't stack them. Like, they have good tea times, but yes. there's always, yes. like, yes. there's two big names and a yes. third, and it creates so many good tea times throughout the day. Yep. They've always done this really well, varying up the styles, as opposed to just, oh, here's Phil, Tiger, and Brooks, you know, in one. Uh, yes. you The uh, Open's always done this well. Masters does it well, too. Uh, but they have such a small field that it's, you know, can get slim pickings. Who's your number right. one tea time? You go first. <sighs> number one. I'll go. I'll, we'll alternate. All right. Number one, I'll go with the Tyrrell. Oh, Hatton. this was my number one, too. Tyrrell Hatton, Keith Mitchell, and Thomas Peters. <laughs> Just the broken clubs limit will be set at, uh, where do we want to set it at? One and a half or half per day? Per well, round. I mean, so... What's worse, a broken club or that crazy toss that Hatton had last week? Well, that's true. I guess that doesn't count as a broken club. Like, to me, the throw was worse than than yeah. any broken club. What? The... what? That's insane. <laughs> like, I, I hope and assume he was aware that it was like an empty field off to his left. I'm not sure he was in the reflex split second. Like you could, you could legitimately kill somebody doing that. So what? What if he hits someone? Say it's you know it doesn't kill somebody. What if he hits somebody? You know, it just bruises them up. You know, gives them a, you know, bruise on the shoulder or a cut on the cheek. He should be thrown out, right? Like yeah. he kind of if it DQ, goes into the crowd, suspension. I think you, I think you got to throw him out of the tournament, right? For misconduct or something. I don't want to sound like a grumpy old man, but that was absurd. <laughs> Um, that's just a great like. What if you're Keith Mitchell there, who's like you know, won the Honda, hasn't played that great, a little uh, you know, kind of hunting for his game. Um, he's since a pretty chill Honda. dude too. Yeah, like he's not and gonna I, be just chucking clubs. You have these two psychopaths who routinely throw clubs, you know, just scream at inanimate objects like the cup or the flat. They just start screaming at trees and things like that. Uh, and you're Keith Mitchell. Just a great pairing, completely volatile. I, I think, I think it was intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Two. They had all right. You go. They got one group. They got one group. They got to keep an eye on. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's seven forty-two uh, Eastern. Is what I say. All right. I got um, Tom Lehman, <laughs> Miguel, <laughs> Miguel, what? and Hel Jimenez. I did not have this and Joaquin one. Neiman. You got you oh got you got two two seniors. That's not two fair. guys in the sixties and are a twenty year old. Are they totaling up their drives to equal Neiman's? Like they get to combine their drives to try and. I mean, I guess there's only you know a handful of driver holes for Neiman, six seven holes. But uh, I mean, I didn't know Lehman was exempt still, so he's not sixty yet. Because you get when you win, I you're think he's sixty. Oh, so it's his last go round. So you got you got Jimenez. Oh, you got two senior players. Jimenez has got to be in. Did he win the British with the senior? He won the British yeah. senior last year at St Andrews. Okay. I mean, like, think about this. Neiman can't even drink, and he's playing with the guy that probably drinks more wine than anybody else in the field. <laughs> I mean, those guys actually could be his dad. More than his dad, they'd be an <laughs> old. They'd be an old father. Grandfather. They'd be they'd be a father at forty. You know. Uh yeah, I that's kind of stinky for Neiman, but I don't know. Maybe Ele- it isn't. Eleven thirty six a.m. Um. All right. He's probably going to learn a lot. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Uh, I'll go with. Zach Johnson, David Duvall, and Corey Connors. I just think this is another just shit break for Corey Connors. You know, he's been having a Monday 
He's like tenth in the FedEx Cup. He's having a Monday and all these events until he wins. It's just not fair. ZJ and David Duvall are like ceremonial players at this point, you know? Like ZJ's just trying to get back to the house and play goalie in those games, you know, with the soccer games with whoever, Spieth and Ricky and do all that stuff. That that's primarily why ZJ makes these trips anymore. And David Duvall is like just put him down for 82 now. I, I don't like. <laughs> you can't speak so illy of your golf channel colleague. <laughs> Hush. Hush. I'm pretty almost certain he has no idea I exist. Um, but I, I feel bad for Corey Connors. Like, what is, is he just going to be like? It's like. I don't want to denigrate two legends, potential Hall of Famers, but. Like, what what are you trying to trying to win over some favor in Canada or something? No, the way you yeah, you badmouth Weir, you know. <laughs> uh, what's yours? What's your next one? I got Mister Twenty Five. Who's that? Making his twenty fifth consecutive start uh, in the Open Championship. We got Westy, <laughs> Mister Twenty Five. Westy, right. Sneds. And uh, Brian Harmon, bald Brian Harmon. Okay, got in late, right? With the WD. What is Westy this week? Do we do we have his odds? He's probably about clocking at one fifty to one or something. Yep, you got it right on the nose. One fifty to one per golf odds. You know what I saw? I was looking. I was I was running. He has no chance. He has no chance. What are you talking about? Westwood. How can you say Westwood has no <laughs> chance in a major? All right, that's a little strong. That's a little you, strong. You know, like, you know who's a guy that, that nothing matters except for majors? Yeah. Lee Westwood. That's true. Except when he's exempt and decides to go on vacation instead of a trip to St. Louis. So with uh, Westy, I was rummaging around the, uh, the European Tour stats site. Yeah. You know... Um, you know, Westy's like a top fifteen player, strokes gained T degree. This on, season on the on the Euro Tour. Yeah. Yeah. Number fifteen. He's right behind Fleetwood. Ahead of Louis Eustazen. Mm. That putter okay. gets hot. That putter <laughs> gets hot. <laughs> Probably played the course a few times, I think. I would imagine the Irish Open twenty twelve. He might be twenty pounds heavier than a year ago. <laughs> I know. That's okay. Christ. Uh, all right. Figure I put too many down here. I have so many written down. I know. You know what? You know what's a t- tough break? Going through the hardest stretch of his career. Game is not in good shape. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth, and they put it. He's like just already a little surly. They put him with Danny Willett, like the one guy he had to just. So I wrote down a question for you. For you, low point of his career, and Mark Leishman rounds it out. But yeah, I have a question about this pairing. Okay, who's who's a better golfer right now, Willett or Spieth? Oh come on, serious. This is I a know. serious question. I know. It, uh, Willett's had some good results lately. Uh, like who do you have more confidence in? It's right a toss up. I mean, it's a real question. It's a toss up. I, I I gotta say speed. I gotta say speed. He just he can find it at the ma- at the majors. I think he finds it at the majors, right? I mean, Danny Willett has the you know far greater potential to MC. I would say than speed. I mean, Willett's up to seventy five in the in the world. <laughs> um, okay, from like the dungeon. Okay, speed sure. is like what is he thirty from from the top? Like there's a. I would guess that Willis earned more world ranking points than Speed has. Yeah, he's year. playing on that diluted Euro Tour. What, what you are you talking about? I mean, come on. He's playing these, like, just events that are comparable to web events and getting good results and whatever. What are you comparing you know, this to John Deere? The, the John Deere and all these, these fields that we've been, you know, picking through, talking about how weak they are? I'm just telling you, Willis can rack up some stats he did in that like q1 portion of the year you know uh cutter kenya open i don't even know if he played any of these but uh all right i got one here yeah go we got jt 
Fleetwood. Oh, I didn't put this down. And the Thunder Bear. <laughs> Torbjorn Olsen. That's a Finally good, that's a getting the due he deserves. That's a great group. Great group. Be a fun group to watch. Absolutely. Um, I've got, this is just another fun group to watch with a little dose of, uh, I don't know, contrasting styles. Frankie, Molinari, Bryson, and Adam Scott. I mean, just three elite strikers of the golf ball. And then you have Adam Scott, who had some pretty outspoken comments at Riviera about slow play when he was, I don't know if he was behind J.B. Holmes or with J.B. Holmes that final round. Like, he just came out with it. Um, And then Molinari, I don't know, is Molinari fast? I don't think he's slow. Molinari's brother... You know, has spoken yeah. <laughs> slow play. He better league. be fast. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think just like three really good, really great players to watch hit the golf ball, and then you have a little bit of that. I don't know. You think anybody's gonna be over there chasing Bryson around with a stopwatch like you did at Pebble? I'm hoping that Marty sleeps this. <laughs> That's a good. We haven't given Marty sleeps enough run this week. Well, let's talk about those drop areas. Okay, we can do that. Any other tee times? Are you good? Uh, you know, I wrote down a ton here. We got Brooksy and Louie. That'll be a good one with Shub Sharma. Shub Sharma? You know, they That's... played together on the Challenge Tour. Oh, that makes sense. Brooks, it's like six years ago. So Shub had to be a teenager. Shub. Shub's moment, I think, has come and gone. He is struggling to break like 75 right now. That, that, that'll be hard for him to keep up with those two guys. By the way, you said Challenge Tour. Can we just say real quick? I don't know. Someone sent us a note that you get challenge tour points for playing the open championship. Like basically the opposite of the thing you ranted about. And we rant, we rant is just crazy that the web tour has an event during the U S open and forces those guys to choose between playing their nation, their national championship and like continuing to build points for their livelihood, their card. That's how you do it. it I need to confirm it, but. Yeah, the Challenge Tour is giving out points for playing the Open. That's how it should be. It is exactly how it should be. Here, here's another great group that I got here. Yeah. We got we got John Rahm. Who's he with again? He's with okay. he's then with Patrick Cantlay, who's, you know, just stands over the ball for a long long period right. of time. And then uh Cooch. Mr. Mr. Controversy. 2019's uh, poster boy for Controversy. Got it. Interesting. Wow, that that's a great group. And great group. Side plot is: Can Kush protect his lead in the FedEx Cup? <laughs> Six hundred point point event. Six hundred <laughs> point event. You got to. <laughs> He's barely leading Brooksy. The best is if Brooks wins and doesn't take him over somehow. It, no, there's. No I don't way. know what would happen. There's no, no way. can't happen. Yeah, even if he finishes like T two. I think it's like a it's a it's not many points. <laughs> All right, okay, that'd be so good. I need Brooks to win two majors and have two runners up, and Cooch to still be number one well, in the FedEx. Here's how it could work. You know, we could get a like a good finish from Cooch this week, and then a win yeah. at, at the Bridgestone, which they get five fifty for a Bridgestone win. <laughs> or not the Bridgestone, the FedEx. The WGC Sorry, formal, FedEx formally Bridgestone. St. Jude Invitational. Ah. Uh, all right, what else? Uh, what, you want to talk challenge tour? You got any or uh, drop zones? Or you, you got any other groups you want to throw out there? I I I, I got. I mean, there's all the obvious groups, but yeah, those yeah. were the most compelling. How about one that's kind of requires a lot of cognitive dissonance for you? Ernie Els and Abe answer. Honest Abe. Who else is in that group? Slow down. You move JP. too fast. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's just like a Andy wheelhouse for positive and negative. Why are they doing Abe, Honest Abe and Big Earn with uh I have to say I, I love Honest Abe, but like I've re- I've really struggled to like pull for him since I saw him run. Running. That video. I agree. <laughs> that, that, we gotta that, replay I might have to retweet that that running video. Tomorrow, that running off tomorrow the morning. Of classic, it just like shattered like i don't know any any kind of notions of holding abe answer <laughs> high regard all, I, of, them. all, all of, them. of them but i thought abe was 
especially egregious. <laughs> they were all bad in very different ways. I know. Adam the Scott's gr- was bad. I know. It was just bizarre. How about uh, the wood, Woods pairing is pretty pretty interesting because we've got uh we've got one guy that's an honorary European tour member. Reed? Reed. Woods and Wallace. I mean Wallace won three times on the on the European tour last year. Did Reed even play three times? <laughs> that's a good point. He I played don't... the Turkish Airlines Open. I know that. He played the Open. Back and then some he WTCs. played some German, some German tournament. Oh, well, that's where he did the the change jingling, cameraman. Yeah, that's where he yelled at that guy. Um, Does Woods have honorary European Tour membership? Got it right. Isn't he like third or fourth all time behind like Sevi and Sergio? And you know all who's guys? number one on the money European Tour money list right now all or all time? time? Uh, Monty, Westy. That makes sense. This is the guy you say has no chance. The greatest (laughs) European tour player of all time. Did I say he had no chance? I got to listen to that again. Um, All right, let's talk drop zones real quick. What do you think, Mister 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 Grandstanding? It's just excellent. It's really refreshing. You know, get props to Luke Curdenine and Dylan Deshare getting out there. You know, bringing this to the world. They did a great Uh, job with that video. Just. So so the grandstands, I mean, the 18th grandstands at the Open are, I mean, the best in the game. It's really cool how they go, usually envelope kind of, I would say, 50 yards and in, sometimes like 75 yards. Like, they go out up the fairway. These, it looks like less so at Portrush. But, you know, on the right side, it gets a little tuck, gets a little snug against the green. What, what, is the, what does the, the uh, RNA do? They just... You could you could throw it off there, but if you got a drop, I mean, or it's going to be in schmutz. It's going to be total junk. And if you need a drop, it's going in some extra thick schmutz. It's like there's thicker, a real penalty. It's thicker than everything else around it. Yes, they like made a point of making it more penal than anything else. Like he might opt to hit left-handed, and not take a drop. Uh yeah. What, what do you, I mean? What's your it's refreshing, right? This is just a no-brainer. It seems like not that difficult a thing to figure out, right? Yeah, I think like the hardest thing is when your ball gets further away from the hole. So grandstands stop the ball from getting further away from the hole. So yeah. you should receive a stern penalty in the lie you get to make up for your ball not going further away. Right. It makes complete sense. It's extremely sensible. This I is. Know. You know, like, this is just an organization that makes some decisions that you're like, wow, that just makes a lot of sense. You know, it's unlike, like, right. so many times you're like, this doesn't make any sense what they did. Like, the RNA yep. consistently does things that make sense. This is this is right. on par with me with the uh, surprise driver test last year. I guess they did it again this year. Yeah, Tiger got tested on uh, Monday. M5. Taylor made M5. Um, I haven't heard about others and didn't really follow up on it. But uh, while we're on the subject of core stuff, how do you feel about internal OB? So we have it on both sides of number one this week. I think at least one side has to be internal, right? It's land they formerly didn't own. I think they own now. 18, there's OB. Really, that has Jeff Shackelford quite anxious. He was talking about it on TV. He's like, oh, I need to go check on them, see if that's going to still be there on Thursday. Like, they're going to pull the stakes out when they, they tee off on Thursday. Can't you, um, can't you see him standing across the fairway with his camera phone out, <laughs> with his phone out ready to take a picture? Uh, so how do you feel about, like, internal OB, an OB that comes into play at a Lynx course? And then, and then there's also that OB, like literally on the back of the fifth, right? You see that, like over yeah. the so sea cliff. With the Lynx courses, they they do that. It's like I'm not a big fan of internal out of bounds, but there sure. is something that's charming about it because, like, the, like they said, we didn't originally own the land. Now we own it, but the course has been this way, so we're keeping it this way. Yep. 
which is something that's charming about the history. And that's kind of one of the things that goes into the open is it's quirky. And, you know, it's sometimes like that's what bugs players about the open and like they can't figure it out. And this is one of those things that like it's just something the way that it's been. So they they kept it that way. And to me, that there's something that's like a bit, you know, there's there you can build a romanticism around that. Interesting. I'm not a fan of in course out of bounds generally, though. Like, you know, I don't want a club to go do that because this club does it. But like, there's a good historical reason why they have it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, yeah. It's, it's, you're right. It feels okay and appropriate, but somehow counter to like your general usual principle. There's right. a, like, you know, there's like this whole design uh, thing, like the best courses break the most like design rules, like yeah. never yeah. have back to back par fives or par threes. Sure. Like, sure. And sure. it's like Cypress Point has back to back par fives and back to back par threes. Right. But like, right. you know, like that's OK, because it's but like one of the things about, you know, it, it's OK to break rules. If yep. you break rules tastefully, you know, they've, d- they've done this a fair amount. And this, although this is RNA adjustments in a couple of years, they did it at Royal Liverpool a few years ago, but that was like for like merch tents or chalets or something, which is troubling. And then was it two years ago at Burkdale? Maybe they put in an OB because guys were taking guys were driving like an opposite hole. Right. Do you remember this? Vaguely? Yeah, like yeah. Jason Day was like hitting it up like the wrong fairway. And they just made it out of bounds for that hole. Do you remember this? Uh huh. Was yeah, that Burkdale? I, I think say. I think it was Burkdale. Okay, so they, they've had to do this occasionally, but it, this is more of like it's long-standing OB that's come with the property. So, all right. Any other thoughts? News? Open Championship stuff? Should we get to uh, picks? Oh, just excited to see the course. I think this course is going to be really cool. I uh, lots of lots of land movement. Like the it's a brawny brawny open course and i think the greens are going to be really interesting um so i'm excited to see it i i really i'm really excited to watch the 17th hole from all the holes that i've been kind of kind of watching the videos and looking at lost you there for a second but yeah no i i i, I again this is what we talk about with the charm of the open championship i i've now watched like more flyover videos for this and, and watch more, you know, Shackelford on the ground rantings about slope and undulation and canting and things like that. Like as a novice, right. You are, you're a more trained eye, but as a novice, like you just learn, you, you learn, like you pick things up and it's very cool to like see it in action um, with the kind of technology you get for coverage at a major championship. So I'm fired up. I mean, I, have you heard a negative word about it from the players? I'm trying to think. Or anyone? I don't know. I'm I'm a little worried about the weather. I I I think it might be a little yeah, little little calm and a little wet, which which could because like the the best opens I think are the ones where you get the fire in the golf course or the yeah, in the wind. Sure. Up, you know. So sure. hopefully we get a little. Hopefully the weather turns. I mean, I'm the weather can change there in like a split second. So it it does look like. The, the wind is going to stay relatively benign. So here's hoping for changes. All right. Who do you like for picks? Should we, should we, are we doing Polly? Polly's uh, pa- not... uh, busy. He's, uh, he's competing in, in, in a, uh, an event today. He's so I, let's see what he said. I got pulled up here. Who do you, who are you taking? You know, <laughs> I'm going to take Rob. I like, I that like pick. Rob. Uh, I just, I hope I haven't used him, <laughs> but uh, he's 16 to one. He's won a couple Irish opens. I think we tend to think of him as like this Americanized bomber, but uh, he's played well throughout the Euro when he, when he does this like whole like links prep links season Euro tour stretch from really the Spanish open de España through the open. Uh, so I, I really like Rom this week. I mean, he's won two, Two uh, professional uh, Irish Opens. Like, yeah. is there another player in the field that's won more in Ireland than uh, John Rahm? 
maybe Rory or Shane Lowry or somebody, but yeah, probably not. Um, so Polly says ball strikers, couple okay. guys he likes. Um, he's he says you know not just not just approach. He likes you know tee to green guys like that can get it off the tee and approach the greens, which makes sense for a major. So he's yep. uh, he's uh, Patrick Cantlay is one of only four players in the field that's in the top ten in both strokes gain off the tee and strokes gain approach over the last fifty rounds. Good little stat from Pauly. This is from the article on the site, and he uh, and he's nine thousand on DraftKings, and then he likes uh, Gary Woodland. Ah, go back to back Woodland. How about that? Pulling the little Brooksy back to back to finish the year. And then All for right, one and done, he likes Molinari, and he's somehow okay. he says he's somehow under the radar. Yeah, he's been yeah blasting that horn. He's like. Molinari, you've never seen a defending champ this under the radar. Controls his ball flight better than most with this. Controls his spin. And then um, he likes my pick for the week, Xander Shoffley. Wow. X Man. Who did he draw? He is with, uh, he's got a good pairing. He's with uh, McDowell and Stenson. That's yeah. a good group. Great group. Um, so he's, he's finished uh, six or better. Mm-hmm. In four of the last seven majors, that'll do it. So, there's uh, I'm I I've had some bad pick. I've had some uh, I've been very aggressive with my picks. So he's really <laughs> like the only big name player I have left. So there you go. All right, so Rom Xander and uh, who's he's he's taking Molinari as his one and done. Yeah. All right, fantastic. We uh, do we know our schedule yet? We might. We're gonna pepper in some maybe some special episodes. Yeah, I think maybe so. do an hour and a half dedicated to the Barbasol field on Friday. I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll, we'll have our we'll have multiple pods over the next few days. We're just trying to figure out the cadence. If, if you guys have recommendations or when you want to hear them, holler at us. Maybe we'll abide by it. Maybe we won't. But uh, I think we're going to try and talk to some people over in Ireland and uh, sprinkle in a few more episodes. That's the season's uh, final major. Tease off. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm.